Hello and welcome to Profiles in Risk. This is your host, Tony Canyas. And today I have with me Dirk Dobler. Dobler. I just yeah. asked him how to pronounce it. <laughs> Dobler, CEO and founder of Parento. And I, I start a lot of episodes by saying I'm really excited to, for this episode. And in this case, I really am. Because, so Dirk called me, I don't know, six months ago, a year ago, I, I don't really remember, uh, to tell me about, about this company he, w- he was working to, to, to uh, stand up. And uh, unfortunately, since it was uh, more in the, in the benefit side than the PNC side, I really didn't have much advice for him. I, w- I, w- I wish that, that, I, that I had some part in this story, but I really didn't have mo- much advice for, for him. And now the company's up and running. And it's not mm-hmm. an, an insure tech. It's not like you're not a providing a tool to the insurance companies. You you you're not coming in trying to disrupt the insurance companies. So you're a very unique insure tech if you're an insure tech at all. But anyway, uh, basically, as far as I know, Parento is the first in insurance company, insurance MGA. I don't even know exactly where where, where you land. Uh, right now, pro- providing a turnkey parental leave benefit. Is, is that halfway accurate? H- halfway accurate, yeah. yeah. We're the first okay. and only company out there with a paid parental leave insurance, yep. Perfect. So, so parental leave, so, so I, I have no kids. So, so I'm, <laughs> right, we should have had a different host for today because I have no kids. Uh, but I do understand that, that in the U.S., Parental leave is not uh, in any way, shape, or form guaranteed. Like the government doesn't provide mm-hmm. parental leave, right? The private industry can choose to provide it if they want to, but the, if, I, if I understand correctly, they, they kind of shoehorned it into the disability uh, yep. insurance system, which was not designed for that, right? Uh, given that pregnancy is, is uh, number one, more predictable, uh, number, number two, most of the population go, goes through it, or at least mm-hmm. uh, it, it's, it's going, it's something that, that your company is going to have. Yeah. If you have more than 10 people, you're going to every once in a while have somebody go out on, on maternity leave or, or paternity leave. Right. Uh, so, so anyway, I, 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 I'd love to hear the origin story. <laughs> your origin yeah. story and the company origin story. Yeah. It's a, it's a little bit of a different type because I'm actually not a parent. So I used to run finance and operations for a startup before I founded Parento. And, and as CFO of the business and in charge of HR, I wanted to offer paid parental leave to my employees because I recognized that we were going to have employees seeking leave soon. Okay. And mm-hmm. we all know that having access to paid parental leave, or most people in HR or finance will know if people have access to paid parental leave, they're more likely to stay with you or come back, but people don't necessarily know how big of an impact that is. Mm-hmm. So looking at from the financial side, trying to figure out how we could offer 12 or 16 weeks of paid time off to new moms or dads, I reached out to literally dozens of other CFOs at small to mid-sized enterprise companies. And one, obviously, most of them said we don't offer paid parental leave at all, but that they use disability insurance. And that what I found from there was that companies are buying disability insurance, many companies specifically or primarily for that pregnancy coverage. They're doing it as a proxy for parental leave. 
Like, as you mentioned, like that doesn't make any sense because it's not really what it's designed for. And so what I realized is companies are doing that because from the finance side of the business, you want that known risk and that cost certainty. Like, you know, you're going to have people having kids, but in one year you could have 1% of your population have kids and then the next year it could be five or 6%. So as a CFO, how do you budget that? How do you manage that? Especially if you have to backfill half of those employees. So how are you dealing with that? And that's why so many of these companies are relying on the disability insurance as a proxy for parental leave, at least from the financial side of the business, not necessarily from the HR side. And so I discovered that um, one, companies are using this very suboptimal solution, having been in their, in their seat from the financial side, realized they need a better solution. And then the company I worked for before was a female founded business, which kind of made me a little more aware of the impact of women in the workforce and, and the impact that they're facing in society. And I discovered that paid parental leave or really the lack thereof is really the number one issue facing working women. You know, the statistics are, are staggering. So a third to 40% of women will quit after they have a kid. So by the time a woman has her second child, there's a 50 to 70% chance she's left the workforce for six months. And when you think about how many women are in the workforce, it's you know, over 50% of the labor force, that's a huge amount of labor we lose year in and year out because we can't figure out how to offer them time off or pay or support when they're going to go through something that is going to happen to everyone. Like yeah, that, that is fairly predictable. Companies, uh, we talk to some business owners who will say, this is a, an issue for the parents. This is their problem. I don't care. I don't want to support them. But like, no, like every single one of your employees is going to have a kid. You should probably have a solution for that in place because you're just going to lose that talent. And so as a CFO-minded person, I dove deeper in, in the research into this problem and discovered that companies actually lose more money year after year by not having a support system for parents because the retention rates are so low for new moms. And then moms who do return are more likely to take a step back from their career. You know, women with a college degree are going to be are three times more likely to work part time after they have a kid than before. And so there's a huge, huge amount of expenses related to this. And it's a near certainty you're going to have an employee or multiple employees having kids. And so we created Parento to one, give them that cost certainty and that known risk to budget for a more generous paid parental leave policy than they ever could on their own. Uh, we enable companies to offer up 16 weeks of full pay to employees, not just, and there's no waiting period. And companies can, the employee can take leave intermittently, which is really important for that retention. And then on top of that, the employee can actually take time before they give birth. Every other policy requires you to go from the office to the hospital and give birth. Like how is that a good employee experience when your water is breaking so, the so, office? So, so basically, if you want a little time uh, as as you're preparing for 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 yeah. labor, you have to use you have to save up vacation time for that. Yeah, you're going to use your vacation days, and then you're going to give birth, and then you're not going to have any time off to use to cover the waiting period. Right? You're going to have two weeks where you get no pay, and then you get the oh, end okay. So that's why disability doesn't really make sense for pregnancy because you don't uh, a deductible of a waiting period there doesn't really make sense since you're you're going to be out that long and. What's really interesting is multiple studies have found that stress in the third trimester is directly re related to negative health outcomes. So when you actually give the mom time off before she gives birth, you see significant reductions in C-sections and premature births and low birth weights. And so what we're trying to do is convince insurance companies to provide discounts for paid parental leave policies, just like they have with smoking cessation policies, because you're going to save five to $10,000 per pregnancy if you give your employee three or four weeks off before they give birth. On the health expenses? Yeah, yeah. Oh, wow. So, 
so because delivery is by far one of the most expensive health insurance costs for younger employees. And so you can reduce the risk of C-section. So it's a lower cost policy if, if the employee doesn't have a C-section, if it's a natural birth, and then they're going to get back to work soon. They're going to recover more quickly. So you actually see even higher benefits than just retention because of these medical policies. So when we look at it from a CFO standpoint or an RI standpoint, it becomes very clear companies can actually reduce their expenses more than the cost of these types of policies in these programs. How? <laughs> Okay, so it it seems like like, like such a, a logical thing that it it, it seems yeah. that that this should have been done decades ago, right? Because you're not even talking about about, about like a lot of the times we're we're, talk, we're talking to to or we're interviewing kind of technology focused companies that are disrupting the industry or trying to disrupt the industry because the technology now exists for mm-hmm. uh, right, and and it just didn't exist twenty years ago. You're not applying any like anything new here. <laughs> <laughs> nope. <laughs> uh, so, w- w- were you basically like shocked? How come nobody's doing this yet? I, I was shocked. I was actually quite amazed because it's become such a big issue. Like, it's so talked about. So many organizations are pushing for this at the state level or federal level and like, mm-hmm. advocating yeah. for it. But we're not seeing any private market solutions. So, I was, I was very surprised. But after my last job and seeing some of the biases against women, I wasn't entirely surprised because people right now assume that this is really an issue that only women face. It doesn't matter, matter to men, but like, no, fathers need time off. There's an ROI there and actually gets more women back to work sooner if the fathers take time. And, and then it's so often discussed as in the context of disability insurance today. So when companies are pushing disability, they're not necessarily incentivized to create a standalone product that's going to disincentivize purchasing of, of disability. So I, I've never worked on the disability insurance side, but, but uh, I, I am uh, curious uh, that that time deductible, like like the first two weeks deductible, mm-hmm. uh, I you know I put on my CPCU hat, and and the only explanation for 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 for, for that is is basically uh, the product was designed to di- dissuade you from claiming disability yep. uh, for, for 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 something that's small, or for 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 something that that's that's yeah for something that's small basically. Right. Yeah. So, so yeah, it, 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 that deductible applies to pregnancy in a weird way because everybody's going to be out for, for predictably mm-hmm. is going to be out for, for more than two yep. weeks. Um, okay. Yeah. And so it doesn't really make sense to have that kind of a policy or that elimination period for something where, you know, someone's going to be out first, the, really the full time of disability if they can. But the reality is most people can't afford to take a 40 or 50% pay cut for a month or two. So a lot of women will actually return to work before their disability runs out because they just can't financially afford to stay out that long. And or they'll if, quit. If they, if they return to work, the, so you talked about the flexibility of taking a couple of weeks mm-hmm. here, maybe come back for a week, uh, taking a few weeks off of, of here. Uh, so, so doing it via the, the normal disability insurance, uh, if they come back and go back out, do they have a new two-week deductible? No, so they, they wouldn't be able to claim, it wouldn't be the same claim, it would have to be under a whole nother uh, claim. And so you normally aren't, you're not gonna be able to have a disability policy, have that kind of intermittent leave. Because once you're able to return to work, you're qualified to return to work, you're no longer able to use, you know, your disability policy under that same claim. Yeah, from, from a disability insurance perspective, you're, you're not, you're no longer, if you were able to work, you're no longer, ha- so, okay, so, 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 yeah. so, so this new, specifically designed for 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 parental leave takes that into account that that yeah that it is common to 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 come back 
uh, partially. Yeah, and that, that, that's actually really important for both men and women to come back part-time or really incrementally. We take one week off and you work one week and take one week off because that allows you to better manage a schedule um, and it better it helps you ease back into work, particularly for mothers who maybe have a particularly hard time with the pregnancy or returning to work. And so you need to be able to have that kind of flexibility. And so what we've done from a product standpoint is we've built the product and the entire program really because it's a little bit more than just insurance to be based on what the best of science tells us is good for outcomes, both for companies and the employees, rather than saying, this is what the risk should look like and this is what we're going to do. We're saying, no, what is going to be the best driver of outcomes and how do we create a policy that meets those needs both for the employee and the company? This is interesting that, that you, you came in from the CFO hat. Uh, basically, uh, it, there has to be a better way to finance this. Uh, yeah. but, but what made you decide to, to also kind of dig into what is the science telling us? What, what is the psychology telling us that, that leads to, to the best outcomes? What, 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 because that's, yeah. that's like, like most CFOs don't, don't think HR, right? And, and most yep. don't think behavioral science. The, the <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So what we wanted to be able to do is have that conversation with the CFO because what I also discovered is that it's really finance has to hold up the paid parental leave generally. They're the ones saying, no, we're not going to offer this. We're not going to be able to afford Sounds it. too expensive, yeah. Yeah. So we need to be able to say, all right, well, what's going to build you the ROI? And so as we're going through the data and the research and the case studies to understand what that ROI is, we discovered that paid parental leave can reduce attrition of new moms 50 to 70%. So it's a significant bump. But once they return to work, that paid parental leave doesn't necessarily do much to reduce them, the likelihood of them taking a step back from their careers. And so you still see these long-term outcomes that are not optimal because as we're talking about how do we get more women into leadership and senior leadership, you need to make sure that they're able to climb the career ladder. And if there's this big obstacle of childhood in their way, you, you can significantly improve your ROIs by providing ongoing support. And so that's what we ended up doing was creating a program that helps companies craft an optimal paid parental leave policy based on what science tells us, and then provides them the ongoing one-on-one -on -one support so that that mother or father has a better period, kind of transitional period between, you know, being a, um, an employee and a working parent. And then that woman doesn't necessarily have to take that step back from work. She's closer to the same career track that she was on before than with, with our support um, than without. And so that boosts your ROIs. And it's not that much more expensive to offer that kind of ongoing support. And so we're saying, because companies are losing talent year in and year out whether the employee quits or they come back to work. So how do we get it to where they're not losing talent really at all? Okay. Um, so, so well, uh, and here in a little bit, I, I, do, I do want to talk about how you built it. Yeah, uh, but 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 uh, so, so so we have a lot of listeners who, who are uh, brokers. Um, so so tell me about about, about the product as asset lives today. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so we're really a, what we call it is a whole paid parental leave program. It's actually called the Parento Leave Program, and when we work with a company and their broker, we establish a paid parental leave policy anywhere from six to sixteen weeks at fifty to one hundred percent of salary, and we can we're access to disability, so we can supplement with what's existing and not have to replace it. And we consult with the company and the broker on what makes sense, both to boost outcomes to make sure those employees return to work and they stay longer, actually and what the fits their budgetary concerns. And we also provide that one-on-one -on -one support to working parents today, as well as the new parents. 
And what we've discovered is that most companies are looking for these types of things. Mercer says, based on a survey, that 40% of companies offer paid parental leave today. Now, the problem is the median policy is just three weeks. So companies aren't doing it very well on their own, and so they need that expertise. But what that also means is that most companies are doing it in a way where they're not working with their broker for a solution. And so brokers need to be proactive about these types of things because companies are dealing with it today in a way they've never had to before because of the pandemic's impact on parents. And so companies need these types of solutions that support working parents and new parents. And then brokers need that kind of uh, need that new solution like we're offering because disability is not going to solve that the problem. And companies know that and they know there's going to get served disability if they ask. So companies generally don't ask. And so when they work with us, we help them craft these custom policies for each of their companies and then provide them ongoing resources for working parents at other companies to provide that additional value add for companies that maybe don't necessarily want a paid parental leave policy just yet because they're kind of skeptical about it. Okay. Um, are you, are, are you appointing uh, specific brokers or how, 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 how does it, how does it work? So, so if, if I'm a, I'm a brokerage house of, of, of some size, Yep. Um. Yeah. So we're not actually able, the way we've structured the policy in the program, we can get into, we're, we're not actually appointing any broker. So the broker has to come to us and we actually work directly with the client and we actually have to be, be the broker of record. Now the way we've established the partnership structure is it's going to look and feel as if they are appointed, as if they are going to receive the full compensation and support from us as if they were the broker of record themselves. But from the legal side and technical side, they're not. And but we're going to treat them as if they, they were. And we're actually a PNC product, which is unusual. And people wouldn't necessarily suspect that this would be a PNC. But the reality is there are no regulations on this product, right? It's so new that states don't even have guidelines as to what it looks like from a, uh, from a company standpoint or an employee standpoint. So we had to create something new. But what we've actually done is a company, the, the brokerage firm itself is PNC licensed. The company's able the company's going to receive the full compensation from our partnership program and we can still work directly with any brokers that might have these types of policies and we guide them as to what they can and can't say about insurance to make sure they don't run afoul of any any laws okay so 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 you can work with any broker basically yeah because we, everybody's with brokers today licensed. yeah we work with multiple brokers who themselves don't have light uh, pnc licenses but their firms have the pnc license and we have over a dozen broker partners today across multiple different states of, of fairly large sizes and, and they like working with us and they like putting our product in front of their clients because it's so new and so valuable. Um, and many of them have actually seen the inbound interest from their clients by these types of products. Okay. So, so uh, when, when, you, when you first called, when you, when you called me, I don't know, about a, about a year ago, I, I remember thinking like, this is important. This is socially important. Uh, yep. And this guy doesn't come from insurance. <laughs> he comes from finance. Yep. Uh, probably doesn't fully understand how difficult insurance regulation is. Yep. Uh, and, and, and you're young, right? <laughs> so so you're young, but, you, but you're calling not about a tech solution, but about an insurance solution. Mm -hmm. I did not have high hopes that you'd actually ever, <laughs> ever actually launch. Uh, so I am really, really curious. Uh, tell me what, what, you can, what you can share about, about the process of, of, of building this. Yeah, so you know, this is a product, as I mentioned, that doesn't exist. So there's obviously 
an uphill battle convincing anyone to take your call about this type of thing, even if we had the rating tables or whatever, you know, they're not going to insure insurers not going to be excited about talking about it with us. But so we uh, ended up finding a really great partner in Boost Insurance who really helps create these types of unique products and new policies and was very excited about this because it's new and different. It's a, it's a real interesting challenge for them and particularly from a regulatory standpoint, how do you create this? How do you structure this? How do you do it in a way that is product first rather than insurance or, or regulatory first? And so they've been a, a great help and, and very great partner in creating this program and really took the time to understand the kind of policy and the program we're trying to create and really make sure that it is product first. And so what we, but the first challenge was because they only do PNC products was how do we actually work together? How do we create this as a program that can fit within their restrictions? And, and so and that took about, the, yeah. there, there's nobody in the benefit side that, yeah. that, 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 that kind of does the same thing that Boost does. Yeah, there's no one in LNH, no one in life or anything that does this. And so we had to work with them. And, and it took about a month and a half, two months for them to figure out how we actually structure this policy to make it a PNC product um, and in a way that is obviously legal. And actually had conversations with a lot of the different regulatory authorities across different states to get their guidance and feedback and thoughts on the policy uh, and the way it would work. And we didn't have any strong objections and no negative feedback really. So we decided, well, plow ahead. And so we actually create this, this is a unique type of PNC product that allows us to work, to be very, very flexible in the way we create the policies and the program for the companies. So we have, you know, we're not as restrictive when it comes to having a type of policy as a disability carrier might be or life policy might be. So we have immense flexibility to work with companies and kind of craft the underlying paid parental leave policy. And the beauty of our program is that we, the company crafts the paid parental leave policy with our consulting guidance. And the policy follows pretty much whatever they want to create there. So we're not saying this is, you can pick one of these five policies. No, you can pick, you know, 250, 500 different variants, you know, different ways you could do this. And it's going to follow that structure. And we're going to be there to guide you along the way as the consultant and the helper in creating this policy that you probably don't know how to create on your own. Um, and so that's been really beneficial with Boost. And so, and then of course it was creating the rating tables. You know, once we figured out how we could actually do it from a regulatory standpoint, it's really great because there's plenty of data on births out there, you know, women giving birth, disability health, CDC data. Mm -hmm. What about fathers? What about adoptions? What about foster care placements? It covers all of that. The problem is that that data doesn't exist because so few fathers take leave. There's no, there's no real state policy that provides leave for fathers to the level of uh, generosity that our policy does. You know, we're talking potentially 16 weeks of time off for fathers. How much time are they going to take? What is, the, the, the risk of them taking 16 weeks versus other, other amount of time. So there was actually a behavioral economics piece of this. How does behavior change when you have these types of, of incentives? And so we had to figure all of that out and then roll out, you know, adoptions in foster care, which there's even less data on, um, and do a lot of research, a lot of case studies, review a lot of research papers and academic studies because the re normal resources for these types of programs aren't out there for this. Um, and then we had to get obviously our, our, our reinsurers comfortable with that. <laughs> um, but what we loved when we put together the whole uh, report for the reinsurers to get their sign off, their, um, the chief insurance officer, I think it was, read the whole 35 page document end to end, which is unusual. And then he was, and he said that he was super excited about this and he can't wait for us to get into market um, because it's so unique, so different. And it's, it's really at the forefront of, of products out there, particularly since we had to create rating tables from scratch and a whole new underwriting model. Okay, so 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 finding a reinsurer wasn't that wasn't as, as challenging as, as you as you thought it, it would be. 
Yeah, so Boost Insurance is, is great because they have a lot of authority creating these kinds of policies and pr uh, products like this with their, their capacity and paper, and, and it has to go through the approval channels with them, but it's not like you're going to uh, a reinsurer by yourself with you know your rating tables and advocating for them to help you create this policy. But everything's already there and structured in place, so they can create these kinds of programs and get them into market very quickly. And, and most of the programs will take way less time than us. We're taking about a year to get into market. Most of the programs can get into market between three and six months. Okay. Okay. Um, so, so I am familiar with, with Boost. Uh, and in fact, I, I've worked with them a little bit on, on, the, on the Jacobson side uh, for, with temporary talent. Um, but, but, So, so you didn't end up building. I like, you're currently not technically a carrier. You're not technically mm -hmm. an, an MGA. Correct. Uh, so we are actually a sub agent of Boost MGA. So they have oh, a lot of okay. resources mm -hmm. that we need. So we have underwriting authority. We can do. We're, we have everything's obviously digital. We can do all the digital underwriting and, and binding quoting, um, which is great and easy. So that's all built out. But and, and on occasion, we we'll have to go to them. But it means that we don't have to have the same level of resources in house, and it allows us to focus on product and distribution. And so it's a lot faster to market. It's a lot cheaper, and frankly, it's ultimately better for a lot of people because you don't need to have. They have a lot more expertise and resources in house, and you could, as your own company, hiring up for some of those functions. Okay, uh, it, it's it's very interesting. The, the way they had described it to, to me was was they provide the infrastructure, yeah, for for anybody to 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 more quickly and more easily and more effectively uh, and efficiently build any sort of, of insurance program or, mm -hmm. or right that the, they ha they have the the regulatory the the actuarial mm -hmm. the uh, right all all the different frameworks. Uh, so, so that you can bring the idea and, and, and basically you don't have to reinvent the wheel. They have a modern wheel that, yep, exactly. that, 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 that is uh, fairly easily customizable to, to your, uh, particular, uh, idea. Um, yeah. And, and it's so customizable. They can create a completely new product. It doesn't exist from scratch. So. That is, that is impressive. I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to have to, uh, to, to, to see if, if, if Julie wants to come on the podcast, I don't know if that's who you worked with. I, I know Juan and, and Julie there. I haven't met yep. the, the founder, but I do know that Julie is, is their head of insurance. Yep. Uh, so I think, I think Julie might be the, 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 the one that, that would be a good match for, 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 the, for the podcast. She would be. We, I've met with her a few times, and you know, we actually deal with her a lot because we're always trying to like make changes and, and you know, see if this situation would work. Can we do this? Can we do that? And, and they're great in actually helping us figure things out. Um, and getting things in quickly instead of being like this slow process, you know, even though you're working with a third party. Okay. Were, uh, were any, any big lessons and any, it, it sounds like things just worked. Like you found the right partner quickly and, and things just worked, but it, were there any lessons uh, that, that, that the next uh, kid with, with, <laughs> a, with, any, with an insurance program idea could learn from? I, I would definitely say finding the right partners because, you know, talking to other founders in insurance, you know, the average time to market is 18 to 24 months and it's an insane amount of money. You have to raise a bunch of capital before you even launch. And with the right partners, you know, we didn't have to raise capital. Before. We got to market without raising capital, really. You know, we had, we got through an accelerator, but we didn't raise a ton of capital. 
which is great the way we structure it with booze and we're in market much more quickly with a completely new product it would have taken us probably more than two years to bring this yeah, product a completely to market. new product that, that's absolutely incredible and it and you just hit the market what uh three states if i'm not mistaken we're in five states actually five states. yeah yeah so we, we we got into five states and less than a month ago which is great um and it took about a year for us to go from, yes, we can work together on this, to actually creating a product and getting to market. Okay. And which accelerator did you go through? We went through Entrepreneur's Roundtable Accelerator. Okay. I hadn't heard of them. Where, where, where are they? They're out, of, they're out of New York. They're a really good one okay. out of New York. Yeah. Are they, are they, they're, they're not insurtech specific. Like they're not no, they're sector agnostic, yeah. but there were actually two other uh, companies in our cohort that were in the one was an HSA type business and one was actually a benefits broker tech business. So they're kind of playing in this space, although not specifically insurance. Okay, that, that's that's interesting. I, I I was not aware that 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 uh, that some some insurance projects were going through non through through generic uh, or gen, general yeah. uh, accelerators. Okay. And they, they've had a couple other insurance companies in the past, um, and then as well as insurance agents or broker businesses go through. Okay, and and, and that worked out fine. You, you you didn't find yourself wishing you had you had gone through to uh, to plug and play or or uh, what, yeah, one of the I, insurance specific ones. Our biggest thing, because we have a great partner in Booze, wasn't necessarily the the insurance expertise that we need. It's how do we actually sell this policy in this program? How do we convince third party distributors to work with us? And because this is because Parento itself is so much focused on product and distribution, it's much more of a sales and marketing play than is an insurance play. And so having their expertise is, is hugely beneficial because at the end of the day, you could have this great robust insurance product, but if you don't know how to sell it, you can't sell it in. You can't convince people to change their mindset toward this type of policy. You're not going to succeed anyway. So that type of focus was great for us. I, it sounds like right time for sure for, mm-hmm. for, 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 for this, like, like, like late, like way, way deeply. Like the, the need is, is definitely there, right? Yep. Anybody can, can easily see that the need is, is there. So you had, you had the right time and, and then you really did a great job navigating the, finding the right partners. Um, the, the fact that boost exists, which wasn't always <laughs> the case, right? So much easier. Yeah. Um, it makes it so much easier because they have all the regulatory expertise that we can learn from all the insurance, the actuaries and everything. So it's, it's, it's great. Fantastic. Well, this is, this is kind of a, a short one uh, b- because the, the, uh, the, because everything worked. Like, <laughs> Everything where we did and not everything was, was truly perfect. You know, we, we had to go back and forth because this is a, you know, if you're, you're trying to offer up to six weeks of paid parental leave to employees, you know, it's going to be expensive. So how do we like fight with the actuaries and the rating to get that down? And how do we make the assumptions and, and met, find the data to support lower uh, cost program? And so there, there was a lot of fighting around that, to be honest, and how we would integrate with state funded programs or how we deal with the companies that have employees across the different states, especially when laws are very different for around both either insurance or parental leave and time off. So we had to spend a lot of time hashing out how that would be and how that would work from a, a product first standpoint. Yeah. I thought that between insurance regulations and, and HR regulations, you were looking at years. 
Yeah, well, luckily, we, we, the way we've structured this policy, we're actually, we're going non-admitted, so it makes it a little bit faster to market, it's a little bit easier, which is obviously better, beneficial for a company product doesn't exist because it's more flexibility, but it also means that we had to spend a lot more time figuring out how this unique insurance structure affects the HR regulatory piece. And like, are we subject to one HIPAA actually, which, you know, because you're dealing with this type of product, but also RISA and all these other things. Um, and how we structure the policy and what resources we need in house. And luckily, because of the structure of the program, we're actually not subject to any of those requirements. And so that makes it a lot easier. And so Booth had done a great job in helping us figure out what it means from an insurance standpoint and, and craft what it would mean from an HR regulatory standpoint into the way we structured the program. Were, were there any, any features that, that uh, were left on the table or, or paused? For, there for are now. always <laughs> there are always some features and things that are left on the table. So one is a more accurate or deeper accounting for companies with a, a multi-state presence in states that have um, these programs like New York, California. We we're not addressing those as cost effectively as we would necessarily like right now because we're not selling to companies in New York. So it's not been a priority. So that's kind of lower down. Um, Let's hold on poll when it comes to actually rating because this is a policy we sell to the company there's certain factors we can't take into account on the individual level on some of those employees because that would make it an individual policy instead of a corporate policy um and so we would like to be able to integrate a lot of factors when it comes to rating employees back into the pricing because people having kids they change their behavior right when you're having a kid you're going to buy different things you're going to act differently and there's ways to trigger um kind of set triggers to better understand the risk and look forward on it. And we're not able to do anything like that yet because of more on the regulatory concern. It's, it's a bigger regulatory concern that is on a product concern or rating concern. And so that was something we really wanted to integrate. And there, there are a couple other items that are <laughs> a little bit more private that we, but there's a lot of stuff that we have that we're going to continue to integrate on over time. Cause we're really at this point kind of at the MVP level and we're just trying to get this product out there as cost effectively as we can and make sure it makes sense for each of these companies. It's, it's kind of in, impressive that, that oh, very impressive, uh, especially with how quickly it was built that the MVP level of, of the, uh, of, and, <laughs> And for, for listeners who are more insurance people than startup people, so the MVP is, is, is the minimum uh, <laughs> viable product, uh, not, not, not the most valuable player, the, the minimum uh, viable product uh, so that you can actually go to market and, and see how it performs. So pretty impressive that, that, that your, your MVP is already so much better than the, yeah. the, pri <laughs> the prior solution of using disability insurance uh, to, to, to cover this. Uh, so, so I very exciting to, to, to see, uh, where, where this goes. I honestly, I, uh, I, I hope that you're hugely successful uh, to the point that, that you change the market here in the States. Uh, and this from, I got from a 30, uh, <laughs> 6.7. So hold on. I'm 37, almost, almost 38 year old with, with no kids. I still, I still think that that socially it, it is important. Um, uh, it's 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 an important benefit uh, that that is embarrassing. <laughs> we, yeah, that, that we didn't have a, a good way to offer it here in the states. Yeah, it, it is, and and we're really trying to be a part of that cultural conversation, and we really are trying to drive that conversation forward because it does take a cultural shift uh, for companies to 
understand that and, and understand why they should invest in this. And so we're trying to be at the forefront of that. So it's going to take some time, but I think we're starting to get there. Um, but it'll continue to happen in the next couple of years. Excellent. I'm, I'm excited to know, to know that I, uh, to, to say that, that I knew you way back when. Uh, <laughs> and you didn't believe in me. <laughs> I, I had hopes. I, I just, uh, uh, it, it's, it, it was one of those things that like, if, if this can work, why hasn't anybody done it before? Mm-hmm. And, and I think the missing piece might've been uh, the piece that boost was able to, to provide. Right. Yeah. Uh, because this would have taken years longer to 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 pull off w- without an ecosystem, w- without an operating system. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, especially especially on prices, because because we've actually talked to carriers who looked at this market and they decided not to offer anything because they didn't know how to price it. And so the ability to have a partner who's willing to take that risk and say, "All right, well, we're going to go deeper. We're going to work on rely on more assumptions than we typically would," that's helpful. Excellent. Well, uh, Dirk, uh, thank you for, for joining me today. Uh, of course. It's so interesting. Uh, from the very first time that we, that we talked, uh, I, 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 was, I was very much like, how do you rate this? How, how can this be <laughs> exactly. how are you? <laughs> how is this going to possibly work? Uh, so so uh, I, I, it, it literally, uh, I, I was very pleasantly surprised, like, 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 the, like, falling off of my chair surprise when, when, I, when I got the email a couple of weeks ago that you, that you were live. Uh, so good to see uh, inno- innovation in, uh, let's, let's put it this way, true innovation. There's a lot of innovation in the industry yep. around technology, but not that much mm-hmm. around product. And it's, yep. it's, it's great to see actual innovation uh, around product for that needs that actually exist in, in, the, in the world today. Uh, so, so, so thank you very much for, for what you're doing. And uh, look forward to see, to see how you guys keep, keep growing and, and bring this into the mainstream. Well, thanks so much for having me on. It was great. Thank you.